Fight Podcast, hosted by Sergio Vicente. The Fight Podcast is brought to you by Sage Eats. Sage Eats is a Chicago-based healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring company. They deliver healthy, organic, custom meals directly to your home or office. For those of you not in Chicago, Sage Eats also offers online fitness mentoring where your personal fitness mentor will send you four weeks worth of workouts that are customized to your body and your goals. Your mentor is available seven days a week to answer questions and offer support. Sign up for Sage Eats at W www.sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off your first three months. Now here's your host of the FIGHT podcast, Sergio Vicente. Good morning. What is going on, good people? And welcome to episode 119 of the FIGHT podcast. I'm your humble host, Serge Vicente. And on this episode, man, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to break down this weekend's huge pay-per-view card right here in my hometown, Chicago, UFC 238, headlined by the magic man, Marlon Moraes, against the reigning 125-pound champion and gold medalist, Captain Cringe himself, Henry Cejudo. Also on that card, the people's main event, Tony Ferguson versus Cowboy, and so much more. We're also going to go going to discuss the PFL, the state of the flyweight division, the return of Nate Diaz, Khabib's next fight, and do we have a tournament in the bantamweight division? So we're going to go ahead and jump right into it. As you all remember, the Fight Podcast is brought to you by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meals and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 15% off of your first three months. Also, the Fight Podcast is on all social media platforms at the Fight Podcast. And follow me at Serge Vicente. Check us out on the website, thefightpodcast.com. All right. Yo, this week has been nuts, man. Um, a lot of people have been, obviously, we're still reeling, man. We're still talking about the huge boxing event this past weekend with Andy Ruiz Jr. taking all the belts from uh, Anthony Joshua, man. So we're absolutely going to discuss that in a little bit more this week Um, one of the other episodes. But, yo, MMA is back, and it's been fire. Uh, surprisingly, it's a little bit of a slow, a slower news week. But look, man, the UFC is right here in my hometown of Chicago. Um, Ariel Hawani is actually doing a live show here today in Chicago. And like I said, we're recording this bright and early. I have my cup of coffee with me. Actually, I got some of my Bustelo, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Super Puerto Rican espresso coffee. I'm sitting here drinking that. It's every bit of 6.15 in the morning. But I want to make sure this gets out to you guys Um today so you could enjoy this prior to the big events man so without further ado let's go ahead and jump into fight news all right man this week um again so much is going on with the ufc card this upcoming weekend and it made me really think about a couple of things when i looked at the matchups the card is obviously headlined by the bantamweight title fight 
But with TJ Dillashaw, who was the former champion who has been booted, he has a two-year suspension. He is out until 2021 due to his abuse of PEDs. Remember earlier this year, he got popped with EPO. Um, for those of us who do not know, it is a performance-enhancing drug that it's, it's essentially blood doping. Helps you continue building cardiovascular endurance, right? So he's out. As great as he was, and look, if you've been listening to me for a while, we all know I am a huge TJ Dillashaw fan. So this one hurt. It really hurt when he happened, but it made me actually look at the rest of the division. And yo, this vision is actually a lot of fun, man. And when I looked at this card, which, come on, man, it is stacked. It made me wonder, it's like, does the UFC currently have a Bantamweight tournament going on? And if you look at this weekend's card, it's going to feature, obviously, the Bantamweight tournament fight against Moraes and Cejudo. Moraes is the number one contender with a record of 22-5. and Cejudo is a 125-pound champ. 14 and 2. But we also have six guys in the top 10 fighting. So this almost is extremely reminiscent and it feels like early UFCs. And I'm be honest with you, if they marketed this as a tournament, I think people would absolutely be far more in, interested in this division. So look, I'm gonna do their job for them. I'm gonna get you hype. For the 135-pound division, at least as hype as I am for it, because I am, yo. These guys are incredibly skilled. They're explosive, but they're big enough to put people down. And that's really, really fun to watch, man. So check this out. What makes this weekend exciting? And if you look at it, look, like I said, we already have six guys in the top 10 competing in this weight class. That doesn't happen. That never happens in one fight. So you have a lot of storylines. And the storylines are this. We have the grizzled vet and my Boricua, you know, brethren. Jimmy Rivera out of New York with a record of 22 and 3. He's the number seven ranked bantamweight. He's fighting against the young hungry kid, the young pup, the young lion. Peter Yan with a record of 12 and 1. He's the number nine ranked guy. But you also have a legitimate number one contender fight. And that's with the man, the myth, Aljamain Sterling. The number three ranked guy versus, with a record of 17 and three versus Pedro Munoz, the number four ranked guy with a record of 18 and three. Now, let, let's start with the, with the number one contender fight because realistically, now, which is crazy, even though this one is not the one on the main card, this is the one that actually has more title implications with it. So, Aljamain versus Pedro Munoz. This fight is so good, okay? And it, like I said, it is a legitimate number one contender fight. Both of these guys since 2017 have a combined record of 10 and 2. And they're both on a three-fight win streak. And look, I'm going to venture to say that Aljamain Sterling in 2018 is by far the most improved fighter in MMA. Not just the UFC, MMA, period. We forget, man, 2017, he got absolutely starched by number one contender, who is also fighting on this card, who I'll talk about in a little bit, Marlon Moraes. 
got dealt with. Less than a minute, head kick, my man stiffened up. It was, oh, I was heartbroken for the dude. But since then, he has come back. And if you actually looked at some of his last couple matchups, goodness gracious, man. Hand speed, head movement, power, wrestling. He looks like a fighter actually finally getting into his prime. Finally, you know, starting to hit his stride and being that guy that we all thought he was. He's always been a prospect and everyone's always said, yo, this dude got hella potential. And don't get it twisted. I'm definitely one of those people that say, yo, potential is great, but you, you, we might as well consider that a four-letter word. I hate it when people say, I have potential. Serge, bro, you, there's so much potential. Man, kiss, kick rocks, fam. I, I want to be able to do it. I hate the thought of potential. And I think he feels the exact same way. So now seeing him having the opportunity, because this is going to take him from essentially prospect to legitimate contender, man. So I can't wait for this. But on the other hand, we have Pedro Munoz, who has been quiet. None of us really knew who he was until a couple months ago. And here's the thing, man. Pedro Munoz has been fighting in the UFC for five years. He's been here for five years and nobody paid attention. Look, man, he's Brazilian, a little pudgy. Now, we all know... With my guy Andy Ruiz out there, being pudgy don't mean jack. So he went out there his last fight and just completely, in one round, obliterated former title holder in this same division, Cody Garbrandt, with a huge right hand. And if you have an opportunity to check it out, first of all, one of the most entertaining rounds we'll actually see. Great round. Both men had their moments, but from the beginning of that fight, it seemed like Pedro Munoz was just one step ahead, and he ended up finishing Buddy with a huge right hand. So, if Aljamain actually wins this fight, he earns a title shot. And like I said, he's by far the most impressive in 2018. Munoz, if he wins this fight, he gets that respect. That's two guys who are highly touted. And again, he can start pounding his chest and saying, yo, it's my time. Respect my gangster. Know who I am. So that's what both of these guys have at stake. Look at these storylines. Yo, I'm hype. I'm sitting here jumping up and down in my seat just thinking about it. And now I'll say this. This is not even the featured fight on the prelims, which is a total travesty. But at the same token, it actually also lets me know how incredibly stacked this card is. Yo, UFC, salute to you for bringing such an incredible card to my city. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I'm going to do everything I can to be in that building. Um, and we'll bring more about that. So... That's the first one I want to talk about. But then we also have, like I said, the grizzled vet in Jimmy Rivera versus Peter Yan. And then we think about this, like, what does this fight mean? And when you really break it down. Jimmy Rivera is one of those guys that we have to see. He was what? He ended up going, he was 22 and 1, 22 fight win streak. 
ended up also getting dealt with by number one guy fighting for the title in less than a round, Marlon Marais. You see the theme I got going on here? Marlon's a bad motherfucker, yo. Like, plain and simple. He has dealt with two of the top five guys in the division with ease. So again, we'll get to him in a minute, but this is what's at stake for Jimmy. What's at stake for Jimmy is, yo, are you the real deal? Or did you go on that long streak? Did you get to your prime without us noticing? And now are you just going to be a gatekeeper? So it's, he's going to go one of two ways. Can, can still going to be the contender? Or are you now a gatekeeper? That, that, that's interesting. Because you want to see the vets hold on. Especially me. I'm rocking with the Puerto Rican. But then you look across the way at Peter Yan. 26 years old. Exciting style. Beating the brakes off of everybody. These matchups are compelling. The matchups of an individual whom is that vet versus, you know, young lion matchup is always interesting. Is this young lion the real deal? Or does he have to go back to the drawing board? So that's what we're going to see in this fight. So think about it. On this card, we got the champion event. We have the number one contender fight. And then we have to actually have, like I said, the, the young lion versus vet. Who's going to move up? Who's going to move back? When I look at it in terms of being a tournament, this, this is the definition of a tournament. We're seeing, the top six, we're seeing the top six to eight guys going out there and doing work. The winner moves on. The loser drops out. I can't wait, man. I cannot wait. Um, but it also brought me to another thought was, is this division more interesting without TJ Dillashaw? And oh, man, that hurt my heart even thinking about it. Because I'm such a fan of TJ. I'm, I'm such a fan of his style, his aggression, the way he switches it up. He is somebody who I, granted, PEDs aside, I have always looked at as a true martial artist. What he has done in the development that he has had under Bang Ludwig is remarkable. It's really remarkable. But now that he's out, people are actually starting to pay attention to this division still. There's still John Lineker in this division who I haven't talked about. Dominic Cruz is trying to come back. Uriah Faber is flirting with the idea. This is an incredible weight class, man. And honestly, without the champion, it really put everything in flux. Just like Andy Ruiz Jr. beating Anthony Josh in the heavyweight division. It put everyone on notice. Yo, this weight class is fire. Anybody on any given day can be the champ. This is what combat sports is about. Tournaments are incredible. Even if they're not even trying to make it a tournament, that's what it is. Those who know, know, and now I'm putting you on notice. Yo, this is a tournament Pay attention. This fight this weekend right here at the United Center, UFC 238, is going to be stacked with truly some of the best fighters from some of the best weight classes in the world. I can't wait, man. Um, it, it's, it's really, really, really going to be incredible, man. Uh, let's see. Um, 
Boom, boom, boom. All right, check it out. So keeping with this weight class, Henry Cejudo, who is the 125-pound champion, is and has is moving up to fight for this title. He wants to be the newest champ champ in MMA. We've seen Daniel Cormier do it. We've seen Conor McGregor do it. We've seen um, people. We've seen people try it in other organizations. Ryan Bader and Bellator. He has done it. He has the heavyweight and light heavyweight title. We have the guys in one. The 185 pound, 205 pound champion. He is the champ. Champ. Brandon Vera also at one. He's dropping down from heavyweight to challenge the 205 pound champion. So this is something that is a theme currently in MMA. Henry Cejudo is trying to do it also. TJ Dillashaw, when he got dealt with by Cejudo, that's what he was attempting to do. But here's one thing that Henry Cejudo has that the rest of those guys don't have. Henry Cejudo is a gold medalist in the Olympics. He is an Olympic wrestling gold medalist. Look, he is cringeworthy as all hell. But I'm not going to lie to you. It's starting to actually work on me, I guess. Because you can tell that he's, it's total bullshit. He's having fun with it. It's almost like Chael Sonnen. He acknowledges the fact that he's cringeworthy. He knows he's cringeworthy. And it's one of those things, especially if you look at like wrestling. Granted, I am not a huge wrestling fan. But one thing that I've heard in the past is, look. The best character you can make, and I believe this is a rock that said this, is be yourself, but just on 11. And I think that's what Henry's doing. He's a cornball. He's a cornball by nature, but he acknowledges that. And he's now he's really starting to have fun with it. But with him moving up, it really made me think. And people have been talking about this and flirting with this for a while. Is this the end? of the flyweight division and i'm gonna say this fam the flyweight division the moment ended the moment demetrius johnson went over to one championship pay attention to what's going on all of the major players at that weight class the moment they've taken a loss have been released by the ufc look at chicago's very own jose shorty torres he got cut by the UFC after one loss. He's one of the biggest prospects in the sport in that weight class. He was the Titan FC champ champ at flyweight and at bantamweight. They could have had him move up, but they cut him. Why? Why is that? He has a fan base. He has everything because they don't need you. They don't have use for that weight class anymore. At this point in time, we have Joseph Benavidez, the only other guy aside from Demetrius Johnson ever. To, to beat Henry Cejudo, he's going to fight one more time for a quote-unquote number one contender fight against Juicier Formiga. That should be an incredible fight. I can't wait, and that is a legit number one contender fight, but let's, be, let's keep it a buck. For real, let's keep it a buck. What are they fighting for? The champion's not even there. They're depleting the weight class daily. I think on the roster, I just looked at it, there's only 12 guys on the roster. You can't have a weight class with 12 guys. This is the end of the flyweight division. 
win, lose, or draw, Henry Cejudo will not be dropping back down 125 pounds. The winner of Joseph Benavidez and um, and Juicy A. Formiga, I thoroughly believe, will also end up moving up to 135 pounds. That division one championship, Bellator, everybody else is going to have to take those guys because at the end of the day, it's over. It's over. Sorry. <laughs> All right, man. Um, Keeping with the fun, yo. My guy. My boy. By far one of my favorite fighters ever. One of my favorite guys in the game. Nate, the great Diaz, is back. And he had an amazing interview. And this was his first interview in the last three years. And he had it on Ariel Hawani's MMA show. And I'm going to be honest with you, man. My man's dropped some gems. Um, I'm going to play a couple videos for you. But before that, I'm just going to let you know what he talked about briefly. In his interview, he said he's done with 155 pounds. He's now going to strictly fight at 170. He feels like he beat Conor twice. He said he slapped Khabib. He says he's the king of that division so he can, they can kick rocks. I ain't about that life. He also takes credit for the UFC CBD deal because as we remember, four years ago, people got all bent out of shape because after the fight, once he beat Conor, he was sitting there smoking a vape pen saying, yo, this is CBD. It helps my body feel good. People were trying to suspend him. And now they have a huge deal. They're the first major sports organization with a cannabis deal. Dude. I'm going to tell you straight up. MMA is better when the Diaz brothers are here. Now, before I get into the rest of this conversation, I will say this. The UFC... If anybody is listening from the UFC, you guys dropped the ball in the way you handled the Diaz brothers. You dropped the ball. These guys are cult favorites. They have a cult-like following. People love them. Yo, two Mexican dudes from, a Mexican-American dudes from Cali smoke hella weed, don't give a fuck. These are the people that people are attracted to. They love the drama. But more importantly than all the drama, man, yo, these dudes can fight. Legitimate black belts. Caesar Gracie black belts. Legitimate boxing. They both are Andre Ward's, SOG's training partner. Think about that. SOG is one of the greatest boxers of all time. And he would call Nick and Nate and ask them to come and help him for training camps. They helped him prepare for Sergey Kovalev. Think about that. Think about how skillful these guys have to be. Fam. UFC, what the fuck? How are you going to drop the ball? How is it possible that Nick isn't coming back ever? And Nate is, 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 we haven't seen him in three years? But look, I digress, man, because he did drop some gems. And I just need you to hear Nate, man. He was, Nick was, Nate was looking, having so much fun. And this is a couple things that he had to say. He's the champion. What do you mean when you say king? 
Khabib, I already slapped him in the face. I already told you guys that. So it's like you're gonna just and I beat Connor before him, quicker than him, easier than him. Facts. And uh and then he's just gonna ignore that and just act like whatever he just seems a little big headed right now, you know. So I'm just like whatever. I don't need to fight him anyways, cause I already got a victory over him, so it's like he's just gonna hide out and play play champ and, and act like a good guy. So that's what I was talking about a little earlier. He has legitimately slapped Khabib in the past, so he doesn't feel the need. He's like, look, I beat Connor twice. I beat Khabib. There's nothing in this weight class for me. He was asked about Anthony Pettis, and he's like, look, man, he I respect him. He's skillful. He's had some great fights. He moved up to 170. That's the guy I want to go after. Salute to you, man. And it's a great fight. Stylistically, it's great. Not only is it great stylistically, it's also entertaining in the sense of these guys are both career 155 pound lightweights. And now essentially they're just not cutting weight and fighting at a buck 70. And for everybody who was like, oh man, Nate's usually 170 pounder. He's a big guy. That's he was so much bigger than Conor McGregor. Go back and watch fight nerd. Straight up. This dude's 155 pounder. All of his best fights have been at 155 pounds. Go back and do some research. But I'm happy. This is fun. He don't got to cut weight. It's just two dudes scrapping, man. It's going to be beautiful. He also went out here and said this. Was like, dude, that was really disappointing to me. Because what happened was, like I said, I didn't lose that fight. And then, and then uh, they gave him an easy fucking Eddie Alvarez fight. And then he won the title. Talking about Connor. So I beat him after he won the 45 title and before he won the 155 pound title. And then he found Floyd Mayweather and then they're, they're just dissing me saying that I'm fucking turning down fights. And I was like, dude, what are you talking about? You're fucking giving this guy the world and you're just putting me down. That's why I haven't been fighting. Why am I going to work for you if you guys are over here playing me, you know? So then three years went by and then they start expecting that I'm going to start start screaming for fucking Connor as soon as he loses like no dude I won that last fight I'll fight Khabib and look this is what I'm talking about in terms of UFC you fucked up you really did you messed up this guy was prime for a title shot this guy was prime for greatness and you took that from him because he wasn't the mold that you wanted you wanted to promote Conor McGregor, whom, let's keep it a buck. Let's keep it a thousand. He's a terrible representation of the sport. He jerks everybody around. He acts an ass inside and outside of the cage. What are we doing? But that's who they hitched their wagon to. And now look, he hasn't won a fight in over three years. Think about that. Conor McGregor in his has not won a fight in the last three years and has lost three out of his last five fights. Take that into account. So, look, man, Nate is back. And like I said, hands down, this fight is... The UFC MMA in general is better with the Diaz brothers when they're involved, man. So his next fight is actually going to be 
August 17th in Anaheim, California against, like I was talking about, Anthony Showtime Pettis. They will be the co-main event um, under Daniel Cormier and Stipe Miocic for the heavyweight title. We could also say that is the people's main event. All right, and keeping it with Connor a little bit, Justin Gaethje, the most violent man in the UFC, the former WSOF, now the PFL world champion. He has come down and had some incredible fights. His last fight, he went out there and KO'd viciously Edson Jr. Barbosa. He's had epic fights with Eddie Alvarez, Dustin Poirier, Michael Johnson. The dude is an absolute monster. Ranked in the top five, and he's calling out Conor McGregor. And he actually tweeted on the June 4th. He tweeted, Do it the right way, pussy. Stop shitting on the integrity of the sport. You want to fight Khabib again? You fight me or the winner of Kyle and Ferguson. Or get the fuck out of here and enjoy all that money. That's from Justin Gaethje. Look, man, I'm with him. Conor McGregor feels he is an entitled brat. Going out here and actually demanding, I deserve another a rematch. Why? You were totally dominated for three rounds and then quit. Why would you get a title shot? And again, I'm going to say it again. He has lost three out of his last five fights. He has not won a fight since 2016. Why would he get a title shot? It doesn't make sense. Business-wise, Sure. But we have a legitimate number one contender fight this upcoming weekend with Tony Ferguson and Donald Cerrone. What's the, what's the, what's the purpose? I'm with Justin Gaethje. And I've said it here before, that right there is the fight that should happen next. Conor McGregor comes back, give him Justin Gaethje. If he fights Justin Gaethje and he gets through him, he'll get my respect again. Until then, just like uh, Justin Gaethje say, fam, get the fuck out of here. All right. Um, Khabib and Dustin Poirier um, has also been announced. It is going to be in Abu Dhabi. Um, The date and venue has not been uh, discussed, but Khabib is going to be back and it is going to be sooner than we anticipated. I believe they said it's going to be in September. All right. I cannot wait for that. All right, man. Check it out. We're going to take a quick break and then we come back. We're going to go ahead and break down this incredible card. In with UFC 238 right here at the United Center in my city, Chicago, Illinois. We'll be right back. As I'm sure you guys already know, the Fire Podcast is brought to you each week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meals and fitness mentoring. If you need help with your programming and you are not here in Chicago, All you have to do is hit up SageEatsChicago.com and you have a team of our experts. You have one of our fitness mentors write out a four-week program specifically for you and your needs and your goals. They will give you a weekly check-in. They'll write out a four-week program for you and keep you accountable. That is one of the hardest things to deal with when you are actually trying to work out. We've all been there. We all get to the point that we're like, yo, I really don't want to go to the gym today. Yo, I don't want to have a trainer leaning over me. Yo, this sucks. Your coach will be there to help you. 
give you weekly check-ins, give you your progressions, and not pretty much loom over the entire time. Check out SageEatsChicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 15% off of your first three months. And we'll get you healthy and jacked right here with Sage Eats. All right, let's get back to the show. All right. Now, this weekend's card, UFC 238, is headlined like I was talking about much already by Henry Sukudo uh, against the number one contender, Marlon Marais. Um, Both men obviously are on a tear right now. And this should be an extremely entertaining fight. As, yo, this is even money. Both of them are minus 115. It's a pick'em fight, as well it should be. Now, I thoroughly believe the fight is going to go one way, but that's why we play the game. This is going to be really, really interesting, right? You have Henry Cejudo, who obviously is one of the best wrestlers of all time, who to compete in MMA, but he has also done an incredible job of transitioning into a really, really solid striker. He was able to catch TJ Dillashaw. He was able to outpace a Demetrius Johnson. Dude is an absolute beast. But then you go ahead and look at the other side. You look at Marlon Marais, former WSOF champion. People were not giving him the respect he deserved since he's been in the UFC. His first fight, he lost a split decision to Rafael Sensao. He came back in less than a minute. Head kick, knockout, bah! Aljamain Sterling, gone. Next fight, he fought against Jim Rivera. 47 seconds into the fight, whack! Head kick, knockout, you're done. Following fight, he gets to fight Rafael Sensao again for number one contender spot. He gets to fight him, gets tra- he wants to get it back in less than two minutes. Whack, whack, whack. Done. Finishes him as well. This dude has been on an absolute tear and in my thorough opinion has proven that he is the uncrowned champ of this division. Hey, I'm going to keep it a buck. I think he keeps that pace. I think he is, he's a bigger guy. He's stronger. And I just think with... His training up there in New Jersey um, and his team, Frank Yeager and all those guys, uh, Henry or Mark Henry out there, his coach, he has figured something out. This is a great matchup. Both men are well-schooled. Both men are extremely dynamic. I thoroughly believe that Marlon Marais is going to end up winning this fight. But again, either way, it's going to be a great fight. All right, following fight is... Valentina Shevchenko, the 125-pound champion, is going to go ahead and compete against Jessica Evil Eye. Um, Jessica Eye is the number one contender right now, and this fight is going to be interesting. We got Valentina Shevchenko, the number three, the again, this is what I have to say about Valentina. Valentina is top 10 pound for pound in the world, regardless on gender. She's that good. She's that good, man. She's legit as fuck. The only women that she has ever lost to. Think about this. She's lost to Amanda Nunes. Champ. Now it's twice. And before that, it was some lady I don't even know. She's an absolute monster. Oh, and those fights with Amanda Nunes, a lot of people believe that Valentina won those fights. Me included. She is absolutely incredible, well-versed. Her last fight, she went out there and, and honestly just beat up um, the former 115-pound champion, Joanna Janjacek. She has incredible striking. She has incredible grappling. 
She's just well-rounded, man. She's tough. And at 125 pounds, she's strong. Super strong. Explosive, great game planning. This woman is, she's a Ronin. She's a legitimate traveling samurai. She doesn't technically have a home base. Her, her sister, her coach travel around the world and train at different places to continue adding knowledge. She's an incredible fighter, man. And I'm going to be honest with you. Jessica is tough. She's tough. She has a record of 14 and 6. She fights um, in Vegas now. Look, man. I'm going to be very, very honest with you. I don't see this being a fight. You want Valentina Shevchenko finishes Jessica, Jessica I in the third round of this fight. She'll be a fun, fun one because Jessica I is so tough. But Valentina, in my humble opinion, um, finishes that fight. Now, moving on to the people's main event. People's main event is the return of Tony Ferguson, the number two ranked guy against Donald Cowboy Cerrone, the number four ranked guy. Ever since Donald Cerrone has come back, and a lot of people know Cowboy because of his antics and every antics in all the best ways possible, right? Everybody knows Cowboy. He's ready to fight no matter what, no matter who. He just came back down to 125 or 155 pounds lightweight, and he has been absolutely destroying everybody. This is the best he's ever looked. And ever since he's had a child, it seems like he has a newfound passion and newfound hunger. Even to the point that he's recently said on an interview that I finally feel as if I belong in the title picture. He said, I've had opportunities before, but when I got there, I didn't feel like I belonged. And now he feels like he does. That makes a dangerous fighter. I don't care how old you are. That makes an extremely dangerous fighter, especially when you're as skilled as Donald Cowboy Cerrone. Now, let's look on the other side, man. Let's look at Tony Ferguson. Check this out. Tony Ferguson is on the 11-fight win streak. Tony Ferguson has not lost a fight since 2012. And that was a split decision loss against Michael Johnston. Tony Ferguson is the real deal. Now, he's had a lot of issues you know, he had to take some time off for some mental health issues and other things. And this is his first fight back. One of the best in the scrambles. Ed, Eddie Bravo, Eddie Bra. 10th Planet Jiu-Jitsu Black Belt. Great wrestler, break dancer, all the above. Dude is incredible. Another, another very cringeworthy dude, but he is incredible at what he does. Hasn't lost in seven years. This weekend, I believe, is going to be that time. I don't know where he's going to be mentally. Um, it's He had a an extremely bad mental episode recently. His wife had to get a restraining order, not because of domestic violence of any kind, but because of she feared for his safety as well as, you know, her child's because he was doing some weird shit, man. Um, and again, th those accounts are all done. And I'm be honest with you, if you are not in the game mentally 100%, you're going to lose. Look at Anthony Joshua. He wasn't there. I have Cowboy winning this fight. Um, I'm going to say he's going to finish it by second round TKO. Um, the, again, man, the rest of this fight card is really great. Um, I already talked about this. We have Jimmy Rivera versus Peter Yan. 
Uh, number seven versus number nine. I think Peter Yan is great. I'm going to go with Jimmy Rivera in this one. Am I biased? Probably. Rock with the Puerto Rican. I get it. But at the same token, I believe he has an incredible skill set. He can keep a pace and give Peter Yan something that he hasn't seen before. So I got to go with uh, Jimmy Rivera. Tai Tuavasa, the heavyweight destroyer, is back. Um, the number 11 ranked guy is 10-1. He's fighting uh, Blagoy Avanov. Blagoy was the former WSOF champion. He is the former Bellator champion. He's a badass, man. He's a great fighter. He's on a win streak. I'm going to be honest with you. I have tied to Avasa. Blagoy, his last fight out showed me that he can get touched. And if you let somebody like the Shui man himself tie to Avasa land bombs, Ty is going to win. I got tied to Avasa winning that fight and moving up in that becoming more and more stacked heavyweight division. This next fight, and this is the headlining fight on the prelims. It's going to get against the 7 and 0. Tatiana Suarez at 115 pounds against Nina Asaroff. Nina Asaroff, 10 and 5. She has worked her way to being a top com- a contender in this division. She's badass, great striking, extremely well-rounded. She's actually the girlfriend of the greatest female fighter in the world, Amanda Nunes. Well-schooled, ATT trained. Mike Brown is her head coach. She's incredible. Great striking extremely well-rounded, she's going to get dragged by Tatiana Suarez. I believe Tatiana Suarez is going to be the champion at this weight class. She's incredible. If she did not have cancer, I have a soft spot for her. She was not able to compete because of cancer, and it made her not compete in the Olympic Games. Henry Suhudo, the Olympic gold gold medalist and the UFC 125-pound champion, also said in a recent interview, if she never got cancer, she 100% would have won gold in that Olympics. She is taking that caliber wrestling to MMA. Look at it. Carlos Sparza was the first champion at 115 pounds. She was known as the best wrestler in that division. Tatiana Suarez made her look like an absolute scrub out there and just absolutely obliterated her. She's going to do the exact same thing to Nina Ansaroff. Now, if she wins this fight, does she get a title shot? I don't know. I, I really don't, man. A lot, will she deserve it? Probably. But I think they're probably going to give it to Michelle Waterson, who also really deserves it. Michelle Waterson is a former Invicta FC um, uh, atomweight champion at 105 pounds and since then is on an absolute tear at at a buck 15. She's also done a lot for the sport. She's one of the sports OGs. And I think they're going to do the exact same thing that they did with Frankie Edgar against uh, Max Holloway. We all thought that my man's... um, Oh, I'm blanking on the, the Aussie should be getting the title shot after his big win against Jose Aldo, but he's not. He's going to take some time. He's going to heal up, especially after his foot, and he'll probably end up fighting Max Holloway after that. Same thing's going to happen with this one. Jessica Andrade fought recently. She wasn't too badly beat up. She'll probably fight again sometime in the fall. They'll probably give that fight to um michelle waterson and then after they give that fight to michelle waterson she the winner of that fight will in turn probably get uh tatiana suarez it should be a great one though man 115 pounds also is becoming more and more stacked 
Aljamain. Aljamain Sterling um, is going to be fight on this card. We talked about him and Pedro Munoz. Um, I, I got Aljamain. I think Aljamain is more uh, diverse than the black belt Pedro Munoz. Aljamain is a Matt Serra disciple. He He's out there in Long Island. He trains with some of the best of the best. I got my mans, Aljamain Sterling, going out there and absolutely doing work um, this weekend. Yo, this is a great fight weekend. The PFL is also um, this weekend. They're back on their tournament. Um, it's it's going to be a good one. And in fact, I'm actually really excited. And I'll add, later on today, I had an interview with one of the heavyweights competing in the tournament. We talking about Mo himself. Um, and I will actually post that interview later on this evening. Um, I'll, I've been waiting to post it before his fight. So Mohamed Del Reese, 7-0. He is fighting in this against Kevin Tiller, who's 10-2 on ESPN+. Plus. Um, this is going to be um, NYCB Live at the Nassau Coliseum um, in uh, Unionside, New York. It's going to be a really, really fun fight, man. And at the end of the day, man, PFL, continue doing your thing. Mohamed Darice, 7 and 0, is an incredible dude, man. Family man. And he's one of those guys that nobody wants to fight. He almost had to retire at one point in time because he couldn't get fights. A la Cain Velasquez and some of the other best of the best out there. Mo Reese, in my opinion, should be favored to win this fight. And he also should possibly be favored to win the heavyweight tournament. So uh, salute to him. Uh, I'll have that interview out later on today for you guys. And uh, with that being said, this is the Fight Podcast, fam. This is episode 119. I'm your host, Serge Vicente. Yo, great fight weekend. Also, this weekend, we have the return of Triple G. He's fighting some soda can. and uh, But I will break that down later on this evening. Um, and I'll have the return of Randy Camille on here and we'll go ahead and break the all the boxing news down coming up. Um, and so much more, man. We're working, we're working, we're working. Thank you all so much for listening. As you know, this is your host, Serge Vicente. We're sponsored each and every week by Sage Eats. Sign up for Sage Eats at sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 15% off your first three months. We also check us out on all social media networks at The Fight Podcast. And check me out at Serge Vicente. Thank you all so much for listening. Love you guys. I appreciate you guys. Let's keep supporting this beautiful sport of combat sports. Check you guys out next time. Peace out.